to another edition of the Timbers Army Field Report. I'm Kyle Carvello. As always, joined by Mr. Drew Olson. Mr. Drew Olson, how are you? I'm just great. How are you, Kyle? I'm hanging in there. Uh, I'm getting a house next week, so And you've already exciting. gotten a mustache. Yeah. So, I mean, what more could I ask for in life? That means three. there's three of us on this on this uh, podcast right now, all three of us have pretty gross mustaches, if I may say so. Yeah, I know what happens. I think mine's been okay. Speaking no, of it's pretty the third gross. Person, <laughs> speaking of the third person, we have a guest today. We have Joel Voss. Joel, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Not bad, not bad. I got to work on my mustache, apparently. It's not. It's gross, I guess. I have a, I, you know, I got no problem with your mustache, Joel, okay? It looks Fair just enough. fine. You, you stay the way you are. You're perfect, okay? <laughs> I'll do my don't, best. Don't let Joe, uh, Drew get you down. I know. I won't, I won't change for Drew. See, Drew? Okay? He gets it. I think that's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> it's all my ex-girlfriends, too. <laughs> oh, okay. Now we're getting personal, Drew. Let's back up deep, This is too deep, too Great. early. Welcome. Yeah. So, uh... Anything new in anybody's lives? How's how's everybody? Nothing, man. You know, uh, coming down from the highs, it's it was nice to get a few wins to start the season. But uh, I think we're you know, the MLS season is long and um, small sample sizes. Uh, you know, they they similarly can only last so long. So, you know, it's it's also summer. It's almost eighty in DC today. So what do I have to complain about? Fair. <laughs> That's fair, fair enough. So, uh, Joel, question for you. You're yeah. you're from you're from Savannah, correct? That is where I currently reside. Yeah, Savannah, Georgia. So, what 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 do you make of Atlanta United? Do you think the hype is real? Like, do you think they're are they going to win the treble this year? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> treble, boy, I don't know. I think they're going to give a lot of teams their run for their money. Uh, you know, if they can keep everybody healthy, they're showing a really really solid squad, and I think we saw that. Um, definitely against Seattle, um, even when they're missing some people, that they can still bring a good game. And the supporters are doing their thing, and I think they're a force on the East Coast that they haven't really had in a few years. Yeah, no, I definitely think in general they make the East Coast a lot more formidable. Yeah. I, as before, you kind of had uh, kind of a Toronto last year, and before that's kind of been the Red Bulls, NYC has kind of emerged. Before that, though, I mean – if you think of like 2013, 2012, there wasn't really a power in the East. I mean, it was kind of Kansas City, and then they moved. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the so Red Bulls is, have mostly been around. DC yeah. comes and goes, but yeah. Kind of a yo-yo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was French Kansas City and Houston almost, and both of them moved out to the West. Well, so this is the first. I guess this was a little earlier than you're talking about, but, you know, Siggy Schmidt took Columbus to – yeah. Yep. That was yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But really, like they haven't had like a what I would call like a, a, a power club other than kind of Toronto and NYC in the past couple of years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's an <laughs> you add an owner that cares. Um, yeah. That's a big is, difference. <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, yeah. so this is something that I I spend hours at my job just daydreaming about. You have the Crafts in New England, and then you have Arthur Blanc in Atlanta both owners of NFL teams, and you look at what could possibly be in New England, but that's never going to happen. Did you see uh, Kraft's comments about uh, the Raiders moving to Las Vegas? 
Yeah, the stadium comments. Yeah, he basically said yeah. that they needed to move <laughs> to Las Vegas because the stadium was not good enough for the Raiders to play in, um, which um, just tells Are you how important he views his soccer team that plays in the yeah. shittiest uh, stadium in MLS. Yeah, right. And like with DC moving to their own stadium, like they're gonna be like the place no one wants. I mean, they already are, but they're the place that no one wants to go. You mean to play? Yeah, oh, in general, both. No one wants to go. I like period. to go here. <laughs> Obviously. No, I'm talking like I'm talking Gillette. Gillette. Oh, oh, I thought you said DC. I hate so I hate going to Gillette. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's. I've only been there once, so I can't really to say. It, but. Although I mean, the only time I've been there. Frank Sungo did a bicycle kick into a dude's head. Nobody's so. face. Yeah, yeah, I was there. That's good. <laughs> that was good. So yeah, that's that's my rant about or my small spiel that New England's too good. That's right. That's our East Coast rant. Yeah, East Coast. That's the worst coast. That's the alarm. Yeah, we're uh, we're baking some some baked goods here in the house tonight. We're having a good time. Getting ready to head up to Philly this weekend, so we got to fill the house with the smells of cookies. That's a that segue if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Did I do it? Oh, sweet, I get my bonus. Uh, let's get into our discussion of cookies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. Joel, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, who are you? Uh, you know, where you're from? You always been Savannah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, well, um, it's like the best kind of job interview ever because there's no stakes here so um i am how dare you sir i mean (laughs) all kinds of stakes uh and i'll never be asked back now after saying something like that uh i'm uh, originally from minnesota actually i grew up in minnesota lived there for a long time and uh moved out to portland oregon let's see um actually i should be really careful here i didn't move to portland you guys i moved to beaverton Mm. uh but I lived in Beaverton and and Hillsborough, believe it or not, while I was out there from 2005 to 2009, um, and then moved back for grad school to Minnesota, and then up to Alaska for four years. And now my wife and I have been down here in Savannah, Georgia, for almost two. And uh, so moved all over the place. Grew up playing soccer, loving soccer. Um, you know, I had my older brothers. I shared a room with one of my brothers, and he always had the the kicks pennant. Sitting on the wall, Minnesota kicks. Oh, nice. But, uh, I, I grew up right down the the street from what was then the Minnesota Thunder Stadium at the National Sports Center in Blaine, Minnesota. So Whoa, soccer is wow. a big part of my life. My my brothers, uh, my sister, and I um, all played, and um, so we're pretty big into it. We like to keep up with the world of soccer. Um, yeah, so that's that's my story of where I've been from. Um, so how do you end you up know? in Savannah? Well, I work for the the Fed government. I'm uh, I'm oh, on the door. No, no way, Drew, the CIA agent. Did That's you know right. That? <laughs> I I wasn't supposed to tell anyone, but I guess no. we're out now. So. Well, I've told everybody in the show. Everybody no, I'm definitely not. Definitely <laughs> Wait, not a CIA ex- ex- agent. Everyone who can't see. That's the answer. Winking, told me. He's yeah, winking a lot right now. It's so really obviously awesome. he's not. It's stroking the beard. Yeah. Yeah, I work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, so I've. Uh, right. Uh, after grad school, got to move around a lot with the Fish and Wildlife Service. So now I'm uh, on my second station, and we'll see where the future takes me. Where? So where, where are you stationed? Uh, pardon me. I, I know very little about Georgia. Just, yeah, sure. so uh, we've got the National Wildlife Refuges you'll find all over the country. Um, 
and that's what we are. You know, the feather in the cap of the Fish and Wildlife Service is all of our public lands. And um, I'm at the Savannah National Wildlife Refuge. It's named after the Savannah River out here. Um, we had, our office manages a bunch of other refuges, too, but my office is at the Savannah Refuge. And uh, I'm the education coordinator there. So I'm that, does, that sounds important. It sounds super important. That's all that matters. My business cards are on point. <laughs> so is that part of the Department of Interior? Correct. Department okay. of Interior. Yep. So our cousin is the Park Service and the BLM and all those guys. So what are you guys going to do with that uh, that check that Trump donated? Are you, you got big plans for that money? Man, you know, I think when you get point zero zero two percent of the projected cut, I, I, I think yeah, he's just well, well, what, he, so his budget proposal is to cut the budget by like two million, two million is no two billion, two billion. With a B. yeah, a billion with a B, and then he gives One, a, a few yeah. uh, hundred thousand. It's like uh, punching punching someone in the face and then offering right. to help them up. Exactly. Like one yeah. quarter of, you know, one-tenth of the way back up. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. That would pay the salary of maybe two people fresh out of college to do some biological work somewhere in the country. So thanks, Donald. Well, uh, I mean, Barron's going to need a job. Uh, Tiffany is just graduating, so... That's right. Tiffany would definitely do good uh, wrestling alligators and finding uh, eastern diamondback rattlesnakes down here in Savannah, Georgia. Well, we're all looking forward to that. Maybe we should send Donald to do that. Oh, yeah, we should invite him out for a take Donald to work day. <laughs> see what your money is, see what your tax dollars are paying for. Like, thanks for that check, let's put you to work. Yeah. Right. Well, supposedly he's totally fine with, like, never not going outdoors for days at a time. It's a, we're off topic, golf. but yeah, apparently he used to, like... We're very off topic. He would not leave Trump Tower for, like... A week well, sometimes. Yeah, so if he wouldn't leave Trump Tower, if he wouldn't leave the White House, and except for to play golf, I don't know that he'd actually head out and play soccer. <laughs> he did play on his high school soccer team, though. That is a true fact. There are photos out there of Donald Trump on his, you know, and he graduated in 1492. I'm, so I'm going to step out a second. I'm, I'm going out on a limb, and I'm guessing that if anybody else plays MLS hair of the game, I think Donald probably would have won hair of the game. Either him or Diego Fagundes, but Fagundes I think is a perennial currently, but yeah. Donald probably could have given him a run for his money. Yeah. That yeah. that and Maxie's hair when he first came on with the Timbers is pretty. But isn't cool. like Donald's hair piece that's kinda like PEDs for hair, you know? It's like can you really allow it? I don't know if that's coming kind of breaking the rules. You have to wrap it in tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna what, should we be drug testing? No. I don't know. What kind of products is he using? Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Joel, what? Uh, <laughs> well, how Back about this? Here, let's go with an existential question. Yeah. Why are you a Portland Timbers fan and/or Portland Thorns fan? Are you oh, a man. Thorns fan? Uh, I am. You know, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun to have the Thorns to cheer for. Um, it's great yeah. to to see a powerhouse of women's soccer at uh, you know in general. I mean, here in the states, it's a lot of fun. And um, what's been really neat is. You know, getting into the thorns because I like the timbers, but seeing the thorns and has gotten me into world women's soccer a lot more. Um, you know, of course, the national team definitely got that going, too. But when um, it's like, oh, hey, the thorns and they're good and they're fun to watch. And it's still, you know, 107 ist and we're still rocking the house for them every single home game and away games even. So, um yeah, I would consider myself a fan. We're trying to figure out if we can make it up to Raleigh when they uh, go out there to play. Um, that's right. That's the, new, that's the relocated. Uh, the courage, yeah. 
yeah, the courage are now out there. And so that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I've got parent, my parents, my oldest brother, they live in the, uh, the research triangle of Durham, North Carolina. So quick trip up there and go watch the game. But yeah, um, definitely a Timbers fan. Um, you know, that whole thing goes back to being, you know, I, I feel ashamed to say this on a podcast people will obviously be listening to, but um, yeah. when I lived in Portland. <laughs> Probably not. I would, I would put money on that. <laughs> My secret's safe. Good. Well, you can delete this because you're in the CIA, right, Drew? So, um, but yeah, when I'm I lived in Portland. Definitely not in the CIA. Okay. Wink. Wink. There's that wink again. Do you have something in your eye? I can't tell. Just saying wink doesn't, that's not, that's not winking works. <laughs> Hashtag fake news. All right. So, um, but yeah, like, you know, out in Portland, I knew about the Timbers. I'd be going by the stadium all the time during games and hear the noise. And I thought it was really kind of cool, but I just never, I wasn't like in the, in the place to be spending money frivolously. As, so I thought it was frivolous. Like I need food, so I will not go to sporting events. Like I went to one Trailblazers game in four years, so um, that's my shame. I wear it proudly, but um, yeah, it actually took no me shame. to move. Yeah, I, I, poor okay. shaming is not something this this podcast uh, is into. <laughs> thank goodness, thank goodness. But I, I, you know, had I known what I know now, I'm sure somebody in the army would have taken me under their wing and brought me in. But that actually took all the way up to moving to Alaska, um, and so my wife and I moved up there in 2012 and out of nowhere met a coworker. Um, his name is Mark Romano and Mark uh, and um, his partner came up from Portland, huge Timbers fans. And so we got to know each other at work and he's like, Hey, do you like soccer? And I was like, yes. He says, do you want to like come watch a game with me? I'm like, sure. He's like, it's the Portland Timbers. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and uh, so I have him to thank for getting me into, um, I guess the, uh, the level of support that I've got, um, for the Timbers now um, was just finding a partner in crime to, to watch games. And, you know, what's even weirder in Alaska to be, you know, one step past uh, West coast time, like you go Pacific time, then it's Alaska. So like games yep. are being played at like two o'clock in the afternoon um, <laughs> or obscenely, you know, early depending on the, you know, 12, 12 AM or 12 PM kick on the East coast. And it's like, I don't know, 7 AM. I'm still sleeping. <laughs> That's how but, I am uh, with some of those 10:30 or 11 p.m. kickoffs. Yeah, so I'll, I'll watch anyway, the condensed game in the morning. Well, that's exactly yeah. I'm like, yeah, condensed in the morning. Just don't tell anybody. Right. Or yeah. the whole thing. It's fine. Yeah. Luckily, well, well, on the East Coast, I mean, if you stay off social media, it's relatively easy to avoid those spoilers. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah that's the problem on the West Coast. Is if you try, if you're like, oh, I'll watch it when I get off work. It's like, nope. Everybody's already talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a good segue. Um, I know you have. We were saying before we started recording that uh, you you've already done some globe trotting for the Timbers this year. So what uh, what a date away days have you been to in your Timbers career? Um, well, it took moving down here to the East Coast and getting in with the ECP crew um, and finally having some level of proximity. So when ECP, we knew that our land versus East Coast platoon. Oh yeah, the, <clears throat> the East- is that not common knowledge? Is is, that, is ECP not common knowledge? Well, it does sound somewhat similar to PCP. Um, it does. And your point being? <laughs> there are certain similarities there, the level of enthusiasm it creates. Exactly. Both yeah. make you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, right. They both make you say really random things to people you don't know at 12 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so hearing that Orlando was happening, it was going to be an away game, and I was like, holy cow, you know, we're – we moved to Georgia. Orlando's four hours away. Let's let's make it happen. So we 
got in the car and uh, made Orlando away, our first away. Oh, okay. Uh, Did we meet there? Because I was at that one. We, I met we, everybody we there. Huh. Yeah. Well, I guess you weren't memorable. Ooh. <laughs> well, see, Drew, see, I can still remember, though. I saw you at Orlando, and that was after we ran into each other um, at the season opener, though, in D.C. at uh, the channel. Oh, shit. Yeah. You, look, you look incredibly foolish right now. I'm just gonna let you know, okay? <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, no, I was on I was on a work trip and I was up in DC and I just happened to fly in and I had Which enough game? time to go oh, from Baltimore to so, season opener, Columbus. Columbus, okay. Yeah, and so I had enough time to get from Baltimore to the channel and get there for kickoff and okay. met a whole bunch of random folks and was like, oh yeah. To be fair, I, season opener is usually our highest attended attended game for. DC. That's good to know. So there were, yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of people. There, there were a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I know we watched Sorry, the game. Man. Yeah. So I know I met you there. I think I'm trying to think of who else I still end up. Anyway, oh, probably, a lot of Timbers probably fans. Maggie and maybe Sean. Definitely. I think Maggie's out of town. I think Sean might have been there. But I remember that like somebody on the ECP Facebook was like waving me in like an airplane conductor and <laughs> like. Yes, come to the Irish Channel at this time. We'll see you there. Come look for us at this table. And remember, there's hockey going on, so there's hockey fans in the back room at the yeah. dark table. They're pissed. Well, it's right next to uh, where the Capitals play, so right. there, it's right. a big hockey bar. Exactly. Um, so they were pissed off that we had them, all the TVs on the, the, yeah. the uh, on the soccer game, and they were you know relegated to the back room to watch hockey. And then the and Irish Channel the deleted their the direct kick package, and of course. we left after spending thousands and thousands of dollars there. I'm sure we yeah. paid off their MLS package in one game. Oh, and then they yeah, exactly. Cut so dumb. Over anyway. and over again. So, yeah, that was, uh, like, my first. Well, I like, mean, group so you passed the test. I remember you, man. That's really, uh, it's really great to <laughs> yeah, be a was, part of this. That was the awkward moment. But everybody was saying, like, are you going to be in Orlando? And I was like, yeah, bro, I'm going to be in Orlando. <laughs> and uh, that's that's how people in Orlando talk, too. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> that was our first away. And then uh, I went to... New York, got to went up to the Red Bulls game. I took my brother. I initiated him into the Timbers. Um, nice. Road tripped with him from Durham up to New York. Um, had that gut punch of a game. And then uh, DC last year. That sweaty bowl of sopping wet, nasty, oh. disgusting. So it's a good time. And I just need Other to the game. Yeah, I just need to say for a moment, I'm blown away that Minnesota played their game in the snow and they, they went for it. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Cause you can bundle up, but it was 101 degrees at 7:45 PM on that game day. And we still played. Yeah. People could have died. Hold on. So I'm going to stop. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody's seen this recently, but the Timbers first Houston game in Houston in July was moved from like a 7:30 kick to a 6:30 kick. Yeah. They and moved an hour forward. Five. Yep, yeah. yep, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't want, you know, 7 p.m., 6 p.m., I, I, it probably doesn't matter a whole lot which hour it is. I mean, we'll get somebody from I do agree that Houston should not have human people there, probably, in right. those three months of the summer, but <laughs> I don't know how much this one-hour difference will yeah, we'll see. Because I mean, I know that they pushed that. General, like, that. That's not a logical thing to do. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be for TV. It's, like, right? it's got to be for TV. I yeah, assume. it's got to be something stupid. Yeah. But that's not a logical thing to do. Like the production manager for the uh, film crew, it's his like brother's wedding or something. Yeah. <laughs> I 
actually, so, I, so, yeah. I, I have friends that work for uh, the Houston uh, analytics team. So, oh, right on. Um, well, like, that's, yeah. That's that. Well, there you go. That, that's what you know. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my away days last year. Um, this year we made it to Columbus. Uh, started off that way. It was a lot of fun um, to see a bunch of people and um, go back to the land of cup and uh, unfortunately have the outcome that we did was a gut punch, but it was a really good time. I mean, I think the support for these away games, I'm, I'm amazed seeing away support and the level of energy that people bring and everything. It's been, it's just infectious. I mean, you can't not show up to those away games and be in that group of people and not have a really good time, um, you know, showing your love for the Timbers. So that's what's addictive for me and why I keep going back for it. Um, so Columbus going to be going to Philly this weekend and uh, possibly fingers crossed going to go to Yankee stadium to not watch baseball. Cool. We'll Very see. Cool. Yeah. So, um, which of those is your favorite? <laughs> oh, man. You know, the memories from D.C., I think, are hard to beat. One, you know, Washington, D.C. is a cool place. So, like, the whole weekend was a lot of fun. But, like, the fact that all of us got to be there and we're cheering our faces off and bringing our two allocated water bottles in. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. I forgot about that. Sweating them out yeah. in like 30 seconds. They made um, it an exception because it was so hot, right? That you could bring yeah. in. Like, yeah. it was supposed to be one. They said, oh, no, no, two. It's like, yeah. oh. But, but no caps. You can bring two wine bottles with no caps. Yeah, that's great. And my water bottles were gone before we even hit our section. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. They asked us in an hour before, and they were long gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was, I mean, a lot of fun. It was. Um, you know, the, the the experience there, the tailgate, the people, all that. The game was not great, not a great showing from the Timbers, but um, certainly the most memorable. I look back at that and say, like, yeah, the things I do for soccer and the fact that we yeah. have 14 players who are willing to sacrifice their lives on the field that day, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> that was when we were making three subs a game. But back, yeah, back in those our, days. Our, the agenda here. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. so let's move on to Timber's news, I suppose, and, and current events. So uh, I guess we can start with the most recent of uh, being a 1-1 draw to New England. Um, I think that goal from Valeri was absolutely outstanding, but my general assumption of the game was it was actually pretty lackluster. Um, I think, you know, first half dominated possession. Uh, it looked it looked pretty good. You saw some stuff going on through Blanco. Uh, but second half, we just kind of fell on our face and with ideas, and the Revs kind of... We, we, we let the Revs back in the game through lack of possession and pressure. Yeah, I think it was... You know, there was the... I assume you guys were watching the same I was, and there was the weird moment where Porter, like, apparently told Julie Stewart Banks on the sideline, like, tell yeah. them that I'm not going to make subs, that they want us to react and we're not going to do it. Um, yeah. Which just seems idiotic to me. Like It was we like were, the weirdest head game. Like, I don't understand why. Like, why are you like, telling the reporter this? It was an irrelevant this? head game. Like, um, and Jay honestly, it just, like, just, okay, whatever you want, guy. Yeah, it doesn't come off as sensical to me. Um I thought we were good in the first half, clearly dominated the first half. Uh, probably should have been, you know, could have had more goals in the first half. Uh, but you're right about the second half. It was just kind of lethargic. Didn't look like we were, you know, trying to close it out. 
Uh, we gave up 12 shots. That's a lot of shots to give up. Um, Even more so, though, out of our 16 shots, only two on target. Yeah. So, I mean, what does yeah. that... What does that say about our attack right now? I mean, we're supposedly lining up the best front six in MLS, but against a New England team that had a rookie center back back there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the things well, that get me, like, stats don't work for, like, gut feelings. And watching that game, <clears throat> there's just something that wasn't right with the attack. Like, New England figured it out, but we're never going to find out what they figured out because the game's over and the coach isn't going to say anything. But they... They figured it. Like, it was a totally different game than the others so far this season. Yeah, well, and just to kind of put a T on that, uh, the expected goals for New England, they were at 1.8, and we were at 1.26. That's actually, so that, that seems mean, a bit high for New England. Even like, I mean, you got their second-half possession, and they had some nice spells. That seems a bit high. Well, I mean, I think that Lee Wynn is going to score that goal pretty much every time. They had another shot. Um, Teal Bunbury had one in the last few minutes of the game that was – almost as close. I think those two shots alone are huge, just like huge chances that we gave up. Um, yeah. It was more the, you know, it was the overall quality of the shots um, sure. rather than like the, the quantity necessarily. Obviously if you have 12, given up 12 shots, that's not a good sign, but not only were we giving up bad shots uh, or lots of shots, we were giving up bad shots um, from the perspective of the timber. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, we need a we need a center back. Um, hopefully Ridgewell so, is going to come yeah, back. We're going to start sign somebody. But we're going to start from back to front. Um, I I like Marco Farfan a lot. I think he's a very talented young player who can develop to being a, a phenomenal, potentially even a winger. Or you know he can, he can boss his side of the pitch. But Vitas brings more attacking or. Uh, a more highly developed attacking skill set at this time. And I think we need that back. Just because if you look at what both Blanco and Nagby do, they're both, they both invert at some point. They like to either move to a different point than what their position dictates, or once they get to the 18-yard box, they cut in, which is why you need your winger to stay out. And not that Farfan doesn't necessarily do that, but he's definitely more of a defense-minded player. Yeah, he's young. I mean, he's 18, right? He's still a nice Exactly. Player. That's why a million it's, times it's, on the broadcast. Um, it's not I, a knock on him. Yeah. It's just that right now, I don't want Farfan to be the starter. Which yeah. I, I've heard rumblings. People think that he should be the starter. Well, what? He made MLS Team of the Week, which is very exciting for him, and I'm sure, you know, that's awesome for You know, good for him. Well, he's, yeah, you look. His, his stats were great. Yeah, his defensive performances are, you know, Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. I mean, yeah. good for him. I think you're totally onto something, though, Kyle, with the the whole attacking, you know, the attack-minded thing. You know, that's something that you know, Farfan, he could unzip people in the back third on the defensive third all day, and get out of get out of trouble and stop attacks from you know the opposing team. And it's been it's looked really good the last times he's been on the field. But man, Vitas is kind of that, you know. People love him because of what he has done since he's been with the Timbers, and he's got that attack that he brings on that side, which you know he can run the span of the field and get back on defense just like anybody. But exactly. his crosses, his crosses are on point, and we don't have a crossing, uh, you know, compatriot on the other side until Powell gets his collective stuff together. 
Yep. Totally Very true. Good. Yeah, I think, I mean, Very in true. a way, it's like, I think uh, frickin' Valentin could start for some MLS teams, and he's our third string. Um, yeah. We're lucky to have Farfan, who's, you know, still super young. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of minutes for T2 probably uh, even more this year. Uh, but, I, you know, like you said, I think Vitas is definitely the starter. Apparently, Porter said today that Farfan is challenging for Vita's spot. I kind of doubt that. I hope, in a way, I kind of hope that's just kind of a rhetorical thing to kind of give some confidence to Farfan um, yeah. as a young kid. Yeah, why not? Um, it boosts his uh, his stock, too. I mean, if you, the more absolutely. we talk him up, that kid's going to be worth more. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, he's a phenomenal player, and he's got tons of potential. And if we make him sound like a starter, and if he is a starter, and he has flashes of brilliance like he has. I, I, th- I think, in legit, to some teams, he could be a starter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Minnesota probably take that kid in, in- <laughs> <laughs> they, they take just about anything yeah. but uh yeah. yeah uh i have actually the most important thing to note about farfan though so that apparently the players on the team are calling him via farfan is in via fania which is delightful <laughs> um endearing. additionally i saw on twitter uh during the game that some people are calling him little marco which is also <laughs> phenomenal uh and I think we should, I, I mean, I don't know if we need to make a decision right now, but I think this is, these are both really good nicknames um, that I think that we and the Timbers Army as a whole, this may be the biggest decision we make this year on, on what we're going to call um, Marco Farfan. So I don't, uh, I, you guys chime in if you want to, but maybe just something to stew on. I like yeah. little Marco. That's I like little name. Marco. <laughs> it's a great yeah. name. Yeah. How big are his hands? Did anyone see how big... Uh, I think you can at least palm my face. <laughs> well, you know what they say about the size of your face. Uh, people tell me all the time. And I just can't repeat it here. There's no, there's no problem there. There's no problem there. <clears throat> no, there's no problem. No one's no, no problem. <laughs> but anyway, so let's let's keep it with that back line. So we still have Roy Miller and Lawrence Olin and center backs. Um, not that we have other options. I mean. Bridgewell is quote unquote close to returning, but I've also heard tweets from uh, I think Jamie Goldberg that he's he's back in training, but likely not going to start against Philadelphia. I think likely um, not going to play against Philadelphia. I tomato potato. Am I, did I, but, um, is that right? I don't know. Now I'm doubting myself. I, I we'll call up later. But anyway, uh, what do we, we haven't signed our mystery center back yet. So clearly, Lawrence Holm and Roy Miller are going to be our center backs for probably at least another game or two. Um, I've kind of liked what I've seen from Miller and Olam at times. Same time, you just they're not a center back tandem that's going to take us to the playoffs. Oh yeah, they are. They can. You be. think so? Oh yeah. We're, well, we're, we which, can make the which playoffs. position in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Half the teams make the playoffs. Um, I think we can confidently say that, you know, with our current our team as it's currently situated, I think we can definitely, well, maybe I'd call me crazy, but I think we are pretty safely going to make the playoffs. Um, I'm. It's a long season, and we've only played five games, and these guys are both, uh, they're, they're not spring chickens. Uh, here's the thing, though. I think they've both played really well. Um, like, look, they're not elite MLS center backs. They had, I mean, they had a, a clean sheet going for you know seventy some minutes or eighty what some minutes or whatever, um, and 
the goal's not their fault, I don't think. Um, but the problem is you have to ask, are these the guys who play our system? Uh, you know, Ridgewell does just fine playing out of the back. I haven't really noticed that either Olam or uh, Miller are particularly you know, exceptional at that. I mean, do, do they help generate the attack from the back? I mean, are they going to help spring a counterattack? Well, that's a really valid question, and even more so, like, I think about set pieces. Like, think about what we got yeah. out of Orchers and what we got out of Ridgewell when they were together. They were a, they were an aerial threat. Like, they were scoring goals off of headers, and they were making a difference, you well, know, crashing Orchers the was. Net. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. But the, the yeah. twosome, you know, they were a threat. You got two tall guys that have some good depth perception, and lo and behold, they're putting balls in the back of the net. And, you know, other than Olam's goal... You know, uh, do I see them in the same kind of ballpark? No. I mean, but what they're doing is they're anchoring that back line. So what we've got right now, yeah, they're playing the defense that we've got. But, you know, once we get Ridgewell back, hopefully we add someone else who, on those set pieces, I mean, that's that's a goal-scoring opportunity that makes a ton of difference for the Timbers. Late season, we're not going to be scoring five goals on somebody. You know, we're going to be down to these one, two goal games. It's going to need to be coming off of corners. It's going to need to come off. Well, of we, we might play Minnesota again later on, so don't never say never. Never, well, never say never. Yeah, and and like kind of not to dismiss your point, Kyle, but the fact is that Ridgewell is going to be back before too long, and there's already yes. rumors about our this new center back from uh, Turkey that supposedly yep. is going to come in. Um, so I, I, you know. Well, I the, think we can, pro- he's we probably, can probably say joining. that they're not going to be starting at the end of the season. He's probably not joining until the summer transfer window opens at this point. I don't – we haven't heard right. any concrete rumors. So anyway, yeah. um, you're right. Th- these two guys will probably not be playing. But the fact is either we can't just sleep on early season points anymore. Um, we've It's bitten us in the ass in the past couple of years, and uh, we've started off very well. We have to keep maintaining that. Let me try to put uh, some polish on this turd, which is that um, in years prior, we've had Pa Maruka as our starting center back. We've we've had um, no, I know. a lot of like really poor center backs as our back. I mean, freaking uh, Rashawn McKenzie was starting games for yeah. a while there. Um, like, is, and these guys are both backups. The fact that they're both getting starting minutes and they're both backups, um, I think is, you know, yeah. not the end of the world. Um, you know, they're, I think these guys are, it's Jermaine Taylor, um, you know, not ideal, but they're not going to be, Taylor, you know, I, I would hope they're going to both start fewer than half games. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, it's, take it with a, you know, something or I don't disagree. It is one of the things that you got to look at. I mean, yeah. Well, I it's, I'm excited to find out where, you know, where Olm's going to end up playing because we could get him up He's in the midfield. He's supposed to be a six. He's supposed exactly. to be number, the substitute for number six. Yep. Yeah. And I, so, I like, if he gets in that position, yeah. like, Miller hasn't had, you know, where's some wood? I got to knock on it really hard. You know, Miller hasn't had a Miller moment, um, you know, really. There's been one. But I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember at least cursing his name on Twitter a couple times. But, like, there's some – the expectation there, you know, I feel like we're exceeding it. Um, but, yeah, whoever we get transferred in, uh, I'm hoping it's just a good match. That's the biggest thing I'm worried about is cohesion in that back line. Yeah, I, I yeah. will say, too, that I think it is 
center back is maybe one of the harder things to like judge. I mean, I guess it's not as hard as well. Probably, well, I guess really what I'm saying is it's hard to figure out if a transfer is going to be good. Um, no, very true. You know, you think about Ka, who we, th- we thought was good. Turned out not. He was good for a little while. He was good for that little end when we he had was the great good at Instagram. Hand. That's for he sure. He was great at Instagram, he put and he was Vetus, really good at mugging he, yeah, the camera. Him and Vetus are the Instagram <laughs> all-stars, man. Yeah. yeah. So, moving up moving up to midfield, uh, I think we can safely say that Blanco and David Guzman are phenomenal signings. I think that that's – I think whatever happened to the rest of the year, that's – it is written in stone. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, Twelman was throwing some shade during the broadcast. What do you say uh, – Blanco did more in that game than uh, Milano did in his two years. He did more in like what eighty-four minutes than Blanco yep. or than Milano did in two years. Yeah. And the firestorm that brought on. There's a lot of passion still about Milano, and, and say what you will, but the sentiment is true. Like the production we're seeing out of Blanco, it's night and day. I mean, not what that guy production, but he's just a two-way midfielder that we've always. We've I guess that's what I mean. Yeah. Rodney Wallace. Rodney Wallace left. I mean, he he right. gets back and picks up the ball, you know, at our 18-yard box. I mean, he gets back. Milano just never did that. Yeah, he just sat He's on good. attack. He hoped that he could attack. And so that's what we're seeing is someone who's willing to do work on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think um, this is just a small thing, but, but I noticed that Valeri's still taking some of the free kicks. And Valeri is not very good at free kicks, in my opinion. No. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get back to Jack Dewsbury, you know, um, 2013 level when he was just, just yeah. lights out. You know, maybe the best in the league at free kicks um, and corner kicks and stuff. Um, but I think Blanco is definitely a step up from Valeri, um, but Valeri's he's still he's taking take- a lot of them. Blanco's taking he's most, taking I think. He's taking more now, yeah. But, I, but last night, or you know, when they played the the Revs, I think Valeri was taking them when they were out the left left sided corner kicks, yes. and Blanco was taking them on the right. And the ones out of the right were better. They were better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot better. Yeah. So I I hope that's a change they make. And you know, just think about like if it just let's post up Valeri at the top of the box, and. You know, if it trickles out, there's no one you'd rather have taken that shot right. from the yeah. top of the He's going to swipe a Golazo again. Yeah, you know? and I trust him. So I mean, and and that's better than Blanco from there, too, right? Like, or even Blanco also, has shown he up will find, to shoot from range. I trust Valeri even to distribute the ball if it were to fall on the top of the box. Certainly. I right. mean, he's the one who's going to, well, I mean, have that instinct just to know where to put the ball or somebody else can put it in the back of the net in that kind of scramble. Oh, definitely. I think that's a... Really good point. I mean, the, the people you want standing over the ball on some of those things, I mean, let's be honest. Nagby? Yeah, even Nagby. Let's put Nagby and Blanco standing over a ball. If I were a goalkeeper and I was in the wall, I would be scared with those two guys standing over the ball. Totally. Like Valeri, I kind of go, eh, flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, Valeri is good at almost everything yeah. else that doesn't involve defense. Uh no, it ahead. breaks my heart to yeah. say anything even close to bad no, about Valeri. Valeri is the, the greatest timber that has ever if played. We can say that, I wouldn't say he's yeah. bad at free kicks. We just have people yeah. that are better. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think Minnesota, the point you made, the I, distribution you know, that you can have on Comparing to Minnesota is like not – it's yeah. like comparing it to T2 in a way, but uh, 
You know, <laughs> like they would love to have someone as good as Valeri. Yeah, there you go. But I mean, also let's talk about David Guzman. I mean, the guy has been very, or kind of quietly, probably one of the best signings we've made. I mean, is, is he for the Tam money? Player? I think almost is, no is he the Tam player? Uh, that's a good. Did we sign him with Tam? I don't remember if he was a because if he's not a Tam player, that's an absolute steal. I don't remember the signing. If we uh, furious research is happening right now, I can hear click it, click it, click it, click. Here we go. I, yeah, I don't remember either. But honestly, early early in the season, what was it? Second game of the of the year. You know, people were already talking about the signing yeah. of the year. He's a he's a bulldog, but he's not you know you know short and hard, not a yellow card. He's uh, he's not quite like Dale Char where he makes the stupid or I shouldn't say stupid, but he, he doesn't make the car uh, the plays he knows will get him a yellow card. Right. He avoids those. He's, yeah, he uses a scalpel versus a uh, sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. And the things you know, like the things that Chara get, gives us on offense for in terms of like you know assists and goals is great. But Guzman is showing these flashes of like he fills that gap. And I think that your our midfield is really good. <laughs> our midfield is, is super good. That we've got the best front six. I mean, yep. on paper we really do. And this is kind of what aggravates me all the more about Caleb Porter not making a substitution. I mean, you have these guys around the 75th minute, they're all getting tired. And you have these – you need somebody to bring in the energy. I mean, you have guys like Chara and Guzman who I – mean, even Blanco and Valeri. They're running up and down the field as hard as they can because we all know they're going to put 110% in. At some point, you got to make a substitution just to bring on fresh legs. Otherwise, you're those guys who like like Guzman, who normally are a staple at the back line, become a liability because of fatigue. Well, I think you're totally right. And then the thing that gets me too is, you know, we, we've got these guys doing all that work, and you're right. You know, they're going to be tired, and we've got people who can fill in different places. I think a Maddox substitute for for Nagby would have been phenomenal in that game, but. The beef that I keep making about substitutions is, in that case, if you were seeing that we couldn't convert a goal in those last 10 minutes, we could have burned at least six making substitutions. Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's, it's tactical. I mean, you know, and yeah. I, I hate that when I see it happen, but, like, it's you know, we've got strong guys, yeah, and you hate to take them off the field if they're being good and you, you like what you see, like what Porter said in the post game. but, man, if we could have just stopped the pace of the game with a substitute for, for two minutes... Um, and burned some clock and iced, you know, a throw-in or whatever. I mean, huge difference, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Well, and, like, Nagby looked a little gassed. You know, he'd just gone a lot for the national team. Um, so he was probably, you know, he'd started the last two games for the national team and then came in on a short rest. So and was, Yeah, and he was sprinting up and down the field. I mean, he was doing work, you know, and like Nagby does, and I think that would have been a smart sub. Uh, N- Nagby, Ridgewell, and Shara are TAM players. Uh, Guzman is not. So yeah, he's he's a steal, absolute steal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but back to the subs. Um, you know, like you said, it's um, and I was saying this a few weeks ago after that Houston game, which and you know very different circumstance. Well, mostly different circumstance in that we were up, you know, we had a hand of lead and still didn't use all our subs. Um. But it's like one of those moments where, you know, Evo Bise was on the bench. We had Maddox. Like, even if it's if even if you're giving him 
you know, some men in the 89th minute or whatever, like Joel said, like, you're going to eat up a couple minutes of time. Also, you're going to get these guys their first few minutes of the season so that next time you call on them, they're not going to have those butterflies necessarily that they did before. Um, I it just I, I just don't get the lack of subs. I mean, it's... Ta- not only does it not make sense tactically to me, it just doesn't make sense in terms... I mean, unless there's some sort of player management going on here that is over our heads, like, you know... I can't even see that. Caleb though, Porter did famously tell me he's a rocket scientist for this sort of stuff once, but... Um, <laughs> I, so, you going back to, to Nagby, you'd assume you'd want to get him off the pitch just to get him resting again. I mean... I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe he's a rocket scientist. Or, yeah, you know, well, Valeri wasn't running back. Um, right. And we've seen subs early for Valeri. We've seen Valeri come off the field in the 75th minute. Yeah. Put Yeah, you know? put on Barnby for Na- or Nagby or something like that. Barnby's going to play a little more defensively, especially Nagby. Nag- Nagby had zero defensive actions in this game. Um, right. It's just like, just put somebody on that's going to, like, waste some time, get some guys some minutes. Um I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird trend that um, started this year, right? Like I don't remember yeah, this right, ever so happening. He's until used this year. all three subs in the past. Yeah. Eat up time. Like, Even in the end of last year, when we had no depth whatsoever, it would we usually use most of our subs. But um, and it's it weird. and this felt like a game that if we were going to ever use subs, this is the game. We're up one zero late. We're looking a little gassed. We're at home. Um, we got the crowd behind us. We got some guys dragging. Like these are the games that you want to sub in. Um, and then City's trying yeah, to that play was the thing. Mind games with the fucking right. broadcast. I, it's just <laughs> exactly it's what I was thinking. It's, it's weird. just super weird. Yeah, I mean, we could all see it from you know our our seats, and it was just one of those things where it's just confusing. And I know it's gamesmanship, and it's going to be telling so-and-so this, just to make it sound one way. Well, it's but. almost the opposite of gamesmanship, in the sense, like, if you're Jay Heaps, you're going to bring out a fresh legs, and you're just like, go at them, because yeah, they're right. tired. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it's more, I mean, like, a marketing gamesmanship. Right. He's, like, trying to put on a front, like, our guys are the best, back off. Right. Like, well, no, sure they are, but that doesn't change the fact that we were coming to a close with only a one-goal lead, and none of our attacks were working, so history shows the Timbers are going to give up a goal in the last eight minutes of the game. And when you just look at, you know, the uh, the intervals in which possession's broken down into, the Revs have a nice stretch of that. Uh, I mean, especially towards the very end. Well, I mean, I still understand like why you wouldn't put on anybody to try to alleviate pressure. Yep. That's about right. Okay, then. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so, so this happened. One-one. Uh, still sitting on top of supporter shield after uh, week four. Yeah, five, four. Supporter shield? No. Yeah, aren't we sitting on top of supporter shield? I think we are, Drew. Let me look at. I'm gonna look right now. I'm gonna look right now. Right this yes, second. last time we we're still up there. Well, we that's are because we've played a game more up on than goal most. differential. We were at five so, yeah. There are still some teams with three. Yes. If you go by points per game, we're like game, we are sixth not. or something like that. We are on top of Supporter Shield on goal differential with Houston, if I'm not mistaken. So we are tied with Columbus and Orlando in Columbus. terms of points yeah. per game. Houston and Dallas are both ahead of us. So yep. 
But that the, the problem with points per game right now is it's just a bit too early for me to go by that or put much stock into it. Yeah, but we've played two more games than these teams. Two of those literally one. 33% of the schedule. There are some teams that have <laughs> that have only played three games, so us playing five. Well, yeah, what was it, Dallas and, Dallas and Colorado Man, postponed? five and... games, 33%, and we played 34 games. No, I mean of the games played so far. Oh, Sam, like, wait a minute, Drew. Math. That doesn't, yeah, that does not equal up at all. <laughs> what uh, kind of calculus are you using? <laughs> yeah. But anywho, uh, um, so I guess let's move on and talk about the upcoming game. We are playing in uh, uh, City of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, do we want to start with uh, away day details, or we want to talk about the game a little bit first? Details. Okay, cool. Let's Give them what they want. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's start with a quick rundown. Um, I suppose there's a tailgate starting at 3:30. Uh, Watch C, which is what's been done in years past. Yeah, we uh, haven't yeah. actually. There, the security call hasn't happened yet, so we don't actually Correct. know that for for, so for sure. But I think it's probably a safe bet that we'll be in Watt C, which is where we've been previously, and is like five miles away from the actual stadium. Yeah. Um, have you? you ha- uh, I know I've asked you this a million times, Kyle. Have you been to a Philly away game before? I've still never been to okay. Chester. Yeah. I just I don't want to be stabbed on the subway. There's like or... a weird, uh, like old hollowed out, um, like. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know if it's a power plant or something, but it's an old vacant like factory. Would you describe it as a nuclear waste facility? A definitely super would fun not. site. I definitely not a super would fun not. Site? Okay. Uh, well, maybe a super fun site site, but it is definitely not <laughs> a nuclear waste facility. I don't think they do that in city centers. Oh, um, Chester's it's Chester. Let's back up a second. Okay. Joel's, do, the, Joel's the fish and wildlife expert here. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, but not the Department of Energy. We leave that actually, to Harry now. And actually, now that I think about it, I think most things in Chester are dead. Uh, so that may be an argument. <laughs> dead or dying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so keep going. Uh, I'm told there are gas grills that are going to be allowed. Um, bring whatever food you're looking to eat. I'm told there's going to be a keg. Well, we're working on that. Hey, anyone, any listeners out there going to Chester, bring a keg. <laughs> yeah, there may be one coming from New York. We we shall see. Um, yeah, probably, that's pending. We're trying to make it happen. Probably five probably five bucks if it does happen. Um, I'm sure it will be updated on the Facebook page before, before then. Um, yeah, we, details are still trickling out, so keep an eye on the ECP, ECP Facebook page if you want more details as they're coming out. Um, also, if you have ordered a scarf or possibly looking to pick up a scarf, those are going to be there for pickup. Um, so, also, the TA section is officially sold out. Drew, do you have any idea how many tickets we've sold or what our allotment was? I think the allotment was 150, wasn't it? Is I don't know if they opened up more than that after. I do not know. That sounds. I didn't hear a confirmation. 150 I know that... sounds about right for for a section that we normally get. Yeah, I think that's so, what they did. And I know it's already yeah. sold out. Um, yep, but so people are finding tickets magically, so I don't know if that's ticket swapping or if they've called the yeah, front office. Yeah, office or front office, that was a good idea. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. If, you, if you're still looking for a ticket, I would say first check the ECP page where people usually post if, you know, something comes up and they can't make the game. Um, and if no luck there, then you can usually call the front office or the box office um, for the union or 
and and they can they usually hook you up. At least they'll get you a seat like right next to the Timmer's army. And yeah, close enough. Sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if this needs to be said anymore, but TA is always general admission. Um, oh, it needs to be bag. said every Does time. It? Scream it from the rooftops, Kyle. <laughs> okay. Every freaking game. There's so many. I've never dealt with it, but I, I mean, people have told me stories. So I mean, okay, TA is general admission. TA General Mission, there will be a seat and a row printed on your ticket. Those mean nothing. We are in the TA section. You got to get there. You know, we're probably going to walk over from the tailgate about 6 p.m. We're going to go in order. If you're in the front, you're going to be standing and cheering. Um, I'm going to keep it. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, actually, that's not all I'm going to say. Not jumping, yeah, yeah, not yeah, if you're not jumping, you're not Timbers. Uh, you're not jumping, you're not jumping. You're not Timbers. One other thing <laughs> to note is that uh, in in I've been to most of the away days on the East Coast. Uh, maybe all of them, that I think about it. And Philly fans are by far the, the meanest, worst people to deal with. Um, Even worse than Orlando? Oh, yeah. Oh well, yeah, now I'm scared. Definitely, I'm yeah. actually, I'm actually frightened now. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely worse than Orlando. Orlando was like a lot of nice people and then some like crazy drunk people. Um, <laughs> for instance, like last, or I guess it was two years ago now in Philly, um, there was a guy that was like in the section next to us, where he would just he was for honestly, I'm impressed by his stamina because I can't <laughs> jump and clap and scream for 90 minutes, you know, without being tired. But basically, he was just putting his own um, profane versions of every chant that we did uh, cool. and was just yelling them the whole time. Um, they, you know, it's the Timbers Army, so there's lots of kids and families and, you know, whole groups of people will come together and there were, like, people just, like, cussing us out um, in front of <laughs> small children. Uh, yeah, it's, um, Philly is, uh, they'll just see you and just, like, start booing and yelling and a lot of cursing, a lot of cursing. So, um, that's all to say, don't be an idiot. Like, yes, these people are probably going to be jerks to us. Maybe they won't, which would be awesome. But if they are, like, we are vastly outnumbered. So don't start anything. Like, um, put your Michelle Obama on, right? Like, they go low, we go high. Um, <laughs> like, this is not, don't be an idiot, because this is, you know, one stupid thing. You don't want to end up on uh, the police blotter like most Philly fans do in their, sometime in their lifetime. So Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. Wise words from Drew. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, that's that's a quick rundown. Uh, Drew, anything else I missed or think people should know? That's about it. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, scare people off. Like, Philly is maybe the site of one of the coolest things that's ever happened in a TA away day, which is there was a thunderstorm and we oh had yeah. time ended up being much longer than we anticipated so it was like everyone's like in the tunnel under the stadium uh there chanting. Are some very good videos of that really good there. videos it was so much yeah. fun uh great time and uh you know just be smart that's the key um the other thing that i was told about the tailgate is if you have tailgate supplies and you're willing to drive in bring them because a good number of people coming from New York aren't going to have chairs and grills and so on. So if you are driving in like we are from Savannah, Georgia, we're bringing extra junk so that other people can sit down and other people can eat food. 
One of the nice things too about Philly is there's usually some stretches. If we're in the same, if we're in lot C again, assuming we are, uh, there's actually some grass that we Ooh. can set up on, which is quite nice. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we should probably talk about our opponent in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, they played DC um, last weekend. I was there. I seen, that game. Yeah, I did. I watched um, DC one two to one. Uh, mostly dominated the game, but uh, Philly got one back in the last few minutes. Uh, let me let me see this. So DC won. These, they scored two goals. Those are their first two goals of the season. They've made it three games <laughs> yeah. without scoring a goal. Uh, I do not think DC is especially good. They didn't really add. You know, I think MLS got a much better as a whole over the off season. DC didn't really add anybody, so I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the East. Philly, uh, they've played three away games. This is the Timbers are only going to, or maybe two away games. I forget how many games they played, but uh, this is only going to be their second home game. Uh, they tied Toronto at home a few weeks ago. Toronto, obviously, MLS, um, they made MLS Cup last year, and they're really good. I think uh, it's easy to write them off as bad, but they kind of also fall into that category with DC that they didn't add a whole lot. Um, uh-huh. They got a. Uh, this guy Jay Simpson from England, who by Before all Derby accounts County. sucks. Yeah, now, I think he came from Leighton Orient, but um, he, from what I've seen of him in the few games I've watched, he has not been impressive. They still have Alejandro Bedoya, who I know people. Um, I guess he had a really bad game up in Portland last year, so people aren't super high in him. He was by far the best player for them um, last weekend when I saw them. He created everything. He plays kind of the number ten, almost kind of a number ten, number eight role. For them, um, and uh, it's, the, the offense definitely flows through him. And he, you know, DC doesn't have the. I mean, they got Steve Birnbaum, who's a solid national team player, and not a lot around him. And you know, Taylor Kemp's good on the wing, but uh, it's not like they're the best defen- defense. But um, I think Bedoya is definitely someone we have to watch. I would imagine that it's going to be Chara uh, trying to shut him down, which, you know. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take Char in that battle most of the time, but um, you never know. Uh, I, I I think they're a solid team. I guess that's all to say. Like they've had a tough schedule so far. They're I think currently have the second worst record in MLS, um, or near the bottom, but they're not that bad. And uh, also, the Timbers have never scored a goal in Philadelphia before. So there's that. There is always that fact. Yeah. Take that for what you will. Um, just looking down, so they've played to a 2-2 draw to Toronto at home, a 2-1 loss to Orlando away, uh, and then the 2-1 loss to D.C. That has been the result so far. Okay, they've only had um, three games? Three games so okay. far, yep. Okay. Oh. Uh, uh, in each of them, they look to be pretty good in possession. Uh, decent amount of shots, but not a ton of shots on a goal. I mean, make that I mean it's one of those things. I feel like our defense needs to be locked down. Um, maybe it's a game you do want Marco Farfan in if you want that extra defense back there. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be definitely a game where we're going to break on the counterattack if we want to get any kind of type of result. They also tied Vancouver zero zero, so they played four games. Sorry. Oh, I thought that was preseason. I'm sorry. Then yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think if Vitas is healthy, you got to put him in. You think so? You I don't. don't I don't think, think we want Farfan. Like you know, Farfan. I guess I'm with you on that one. Yeah, 
I'm totally there. I mean, you want this type of game, the type of people that we're going to defend against, the attack that we're going to need. We need that offensive kind of minded, you know, both sides of the ball out of that. You know, and Farfan, he's going to be the solid substitute. You know, he's your 60th minute kind of sub. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that's actually really, I like that. I'd call as a sub. Um, you know, especially Vita's probably, his fitness isn't fully up. So maybe yeah. we'll put Farfan in late. Um, there's also, um, I guess I'll just throw this out there now, that, you know, Steve, uh, not Steve Blake. Um, Andre. Andre Blake. Uh, one goalkeeper <laughs> of the year uh, for them no last year. He was a rookie. Uh, or did he win rookie of the year? I don't know what he won. Uh, anyway, he's, like, well-regarded as one of the best keepers in MLS. Um, but he's not very good. Here's the thing. So, uh American Soccer Analysis. It's a website you may have heard of, Kyle. Um, uh, Drew, do you do some work for them a little bit? Yeah, I, mean, I do. Okay, okay, that's that's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do we do these things called expected goals, right? Which I've talked about already. But we also look at every goalkeeper, the goals that are scored against them, and then the number that are expected to get scored against them. Last year, Andre Blake was the worst keeper in raw numbers in MLS, he allowed six more goals than he would have expected to. Um, on a is part- Andre Blake, he's just good because he has a nice highlight reel. Is that correct? Is that, is that a fair assumption? The media know? loves him. Um, I don't know what it is. Wait, he, he makes a few... Yeah, uh, I think you're right. He's good at shot-stopping on impressive shots. So he looks even better than he actually is. His highlight reel was probably very nice. It's a reflection of his body. Yeah, I'm no goalkeeper expert. From what I've what I've gotten from my friends that know more about such things than me is that he puts himself in himself in bad positions and then often will make incredible plays to make a save. But he started in the wrong place, and so it looks much right. more impressive than it was. That was his. That was every goal of the week last week that he ever earned. Was like that was awesome because you were not playing well. Right. Exactly. Now on a per minute basis, he. You know, there's guys like Bobby Shuttleworth and Sean Johnson are worse than him. Adam Larson, Quarase is among the worst in the league uh, last year. Um, but, you know, for a guy that started the whole season, he's way overrated in my opinion. And, and people give him a lot of credit. Obviously, he won, you know, goalkeeper of the year, which is a, basically, which is a, I have a whole other rant that I could go on <laughs> how dumb that award is. Um, but, uh but yeah, I think this is, you know, it's, I don't think he's someone to be afraid of, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, the, op- the opposite end of that spectrum is that Jake Gleason performs really well in expected goal um, numbers for the most part. He was in the top half of the league last year and allowed fewer goals than he would have expected. That said, that's not anyone, no one says Jake Gleason is bad at shot stopping, which is what this measures. Obviously, his major weakness is distribution, and this does not account for that. So maybe, you know, I haven't watched enough Blake to know how good his distribution is, probably. Um, so maybe that's where he makes up for it all. But he is not a great shot stopper, I think we can probably safely say, based on a few seasons of data. Which means, there. based on our front six, uh, this could be an interesting game. Yeah. Yeah. Drew, I'm going to stop you real quick. I'm going to stop everybody for a second. Uh, so 130 tickets were sold. Uh, supposedly there is a wait list for the, oh. any additional requests. So if anybody's interested in getting tickets from the uh, the front office slash box office, I would uh, I'd call sooner rather than later. That is solid intel. Yep. Just hearing that now. 
so yeah, continuing on back to the Union. Um, yeah, I kind of like the matchups here though in the midfield when you look at the likes of Chara and Guzman. I think they can do some do some good work. Uh, just between if you put Chara, you know, like he's supposed to be up, up higher up, and as long as Guzman can cover the back line and you know kind of block or stop any shots before they uh, before they even get off. I, I don't see this being a high-scoring game, just from what we know from Philadelphia, not to be a, a particularly potent attack-minded team, even though they get shots off, and what we know from the likes of Chara and Guzman. Yeah, their offense runs uh, in the attack through Bedoya, but they have this new guy, um, God, I'm going to butcher this, Harris Medunjanin. Yeah, him. He stuck out a little bit last when I saw him last weekend against DC, um, and he is uh, like seventh in MLS in touch percentage. So that's the number of when he's on the field, he is accounting. So it's running through him. Yeah. So when he's on the field, thirteen percent of the team's touches he accounts for. So like that means he, you know, when he's on the field, thirty percent of the passes more or less are from him. Thirteen. Um, so that's where's the expected goals been sitting? What's that? So where's Philly's expected goals been sitting? Um, good thing I have that up. Um. <laughs> Joel, stick to the script, okay? Yeah, well, I'm just wondering, you know, what that means, if that's where the stuff's going through. Are we actually seeing anything coming out of it? So, so their expected goals are in the top half of the league. They are okay. actually in two spots behind Portland. Their goal differ- expected goal differential is 0.69, so they're about even, about plus one in expected goals. Um, their actual goal differential is negative two. So there's maybe a right. sign that they've gotten a little unlucky so far. Um, yeah, it's too early to really say, but at least you know that they they can produce. Yeah. They should produce. And and their expected goals for are right in the middle of the pack. Um, but their defense is actually even better. Um, they are... Yeah, about the same. So their expected goals for is 5.26, goals against is 4.57. So, like, by all expected goals metrics, they are about the average MLS team right now. All right. Sure. So there you have it. All right. I mean, I can't say. I mean, we, we know what Blanco, Valeri, and Adi can all do, as long as, along with Nagby. Um, Sirius Pong has kind of been a super sub for Philadelphia recently. Somebody you definitely got to watch out for. And that, yeah. you know, I'm going to go Samson out on a guy. limb. So he's, he's been coming off the bench, but uh, I, I would not be surprised to see him starting just because Simpson has not been very good. I think Sapong has three goals and Simpson has one, I want to say. Um, but Sapong That's came a solid the, hot take. I'll take it. Yeah, I, 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 would, I wouldn't be surprised if Sapong started again. Sure. Um, want to do predictions? Oh boy! Yes. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say it a two-two draw. Whew. I, I just we've never had a Blanco <clears throat> going to Philadelphia. I think he can provide a lot again, uh, he, which he does. He provides a lot on both sides of the ball. Um, I just think that he's going to be a handful if Vitas does start. That's an additional attacking piece. Um, even though I originally said it wasn't going to be a high-scoring game, I think a 2-2 draw is very conceivable. Kyle, I alluded to this earlier, but um, 
I don't know if you saw this in the agenda, but do you, you know how many goals the Timbers have scored in Philadelphia? Yes, well, let me just, let's do a quick run through if I can bring it up. Uh, what is it? 2011 was a 0-0 tie. 13-0-0 tie. A 15-3-0 loss. That was the, so, that was the game of Jonderson, as it's known the time in folklore. Is, the time is ripe for a 2-2 draw. <laughs> That's literally infinitely more goals than the Timbers have ever scored in Philly. That's that good. is very accurate, Drew. Thank you. Um, but I like I'm the glad optimism. We know that too. Is a, yeah, I just you, you just got to look at what we have. And first of all, we've we haven't been shut out this year. True. You, you got a guy like Adi. Um, Marisa Du has been. Oh, no, not Marisa Du. I'm sorry. Um, the other USA. Guy who's retired, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Gucci and Ye. Oh, Gucci, yeah. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah. he's played center. He's actually played pretty well. I'll tell you what, like, he is still freaking massive. He is, and I like the matchup with him and Adi. I think Adi is a, at this point in Adi's career, I think he's a better athlete compared to compared to Gucci. So I, think I will if, say this, though. Gonna... I, I actually think this matchup, Adi and Gucci, uh, kind of may favor Onyewu a little bit in that Onyewu moves minutes. slow. Well, maybe not, but, like, Onyewu is not my... a fa- – it's not like he's going to – he's fast, but he's going to out-muscle people, which is usually Adi's thing, right? He's, like, can got the hold-up play, and he can hold people off. Um, that's not going to work against uh, Onyewu. So I, I think our key will be probably getting it to Blanco, getting it to, you know – Powell getting it to Vitas or Fartfan for the crosses. I think a cross is going to be our best chance to score rather than what we've mostly been doing, which is getting it to Adi at his feet and then having people run off of him. Um, but who knows? Know. All right, so I, yeah, I say 2 2. Ooh, sticking with it. I like it. Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Well, I'll go next. How about that? Do it. Drew, you get plenty of time to think about it. I'm going with a. Uh, hmm. My gut is telling me it's going to be a two-to-one Timbers victory. Ooh, three points and on I'm, the road. What I'm we thinking won one road is, game, and he's getting greedy. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I'm I'm thinking it's we're due, and if nothing else, it's because I don't see how when you put up an attack like we've got, um, Philly's defense is going to have their hands full. Philly's midfield's going to have their hands full. I do think we're going to give up one late. I think that's my side bet, is that one goal, it's going to come late, and it's going to be just a howler, and we're all going to go home feeling like we lost, even though we won. Um, but, the ghost uh, of Johnerson will reappear. The ghost of Johnerson, <laughs> that's it. But I, I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic here um, you know, for a strong, a strong road win. All right. You got... I, I, I know, appreciate I know. you See, guys. Drew, Drew, do you want some Kool-Aid? Would you care <laughs> no, some Kool-Aid? No. I'm my, my to the first, water tonight. The first thing I was thinking was 1-1, but I just I, I just feel like there's going to be that option for a second goal. Um, but I will not be surprised if it's a 1-1 draw. I'm going to agree with you on the scoreline, Joel, but I think it's going to be reversed. I think I think it's going to be 2-1 Philly. Um, and I think I do I think it's going to we're going to get a goal late. I, I it's going to be tough for us to hang, I think. Um, you know, road teams, or, you know, or sorry, home teams win 50% of games. Right. It's, uh, we're flying cross country. We just got a single point at home. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. But you forget, I, I'm going to be in the crowd. 
Okay, yeah, you're a good the point. Uh, five, five, one, <laughs> Philly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah uh, it's something. If the Timbers playmates are supposed to play, I can easily see what me and Joel's predictions actually coming to life. But if we just kind of sit back, like we did against New England, like let's say, let's say we get the early goal, and then we spend the rest of the, let's say we get it 25th minute. We said from that point on, kind of just passing the ball around the back and kind of going forward occasionally, but not really doing anything with it. Yeah, I can totally see us as going down two goals like that and that being the game. It really depends on what our attitude is like throughout the entire 90 minutes, which is something you shouldn't need to say, but here we are. That word is hungry. We'll see how hungry they are. I feel like this team, they, that's right. I'm, I think, I think the hunger is going to help out. I, I, I think, I think they want it real bad. You got to hope after that one, nothing, one, one, you got to hope so. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hunger, I haven't had dinner yet. You guess what? Well, I tell you. Any, anything I else think... to add? <laughs> no, I, I got, I got nothing. All right. I've Joel, got, I've got nothing else except for don't let you. Gus Rachel's make you a burger. Okay, fair. I'm gonna I'll keep that in mind. I don't eat burgers, so. <laughs> thank you for that very, uh, very helpful piece of advice, and thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, hey, thanks, thanks, so. for thanks for coming on, man. I'll see you uh, Saturday. We'll see you soon. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Toodles. You can't